everybody welcome to hookah tales it's Amani um, I'm super super excited it's the very first episode of hookah tales um, I just want to thank everybody for listening supporting um, and coming along on this journey um, again like I mentioned this podcast is not only for Africans it's for any culture I feel like most of the topics um, that I'm going to discuss are cross-cultural it's not designated to only African people so I don't care if you're African-American Asian um, from Australia join let's just let's talk let's have fun um, listen to you know stories and my opinions and you know all that fun stuff now before I go too far I completely forgot to talk about the main topic at hand what hookah are you guys smoking tonight as you guys are winding down getting off work getting in from the gym what flavor what should the flavor of the day be um my opinion what I have right now is a mixture of mango and melon which is actually my favorite um not a fan of mint but shout out to those who like mint but right now i'm on mango and melon so for those of you guys that are prepping up your hookah please do this mixture and thank me later so let's get right into it the name hookah tales i know everybody's wondering what what is this about is it about somebody that just wants to just and smoke hookah or what is behind the name so let me go into that a little bit um within african culture there are a lot of stereotypes taboos um misconceptions surrounded around the african female Um, She is expected to act a certain way, talk a certain way, be a certain way. Um, And when she does not fall into a role that's expected of her, she's often labeled. And at times, she's probably often labeled as useless or, you know, people will write her off as because of those behavior behaviors you won't get married or you won't settle down or you know things like that but who could tell signifies reclaiming and embracing taboos against women in african culture how smoking um tattoos you know going out those are things that are frowned upon shunned Uh, a lot of times within um, African community against women. So smoking shisha per se, um, you know, signifies that I can still smoke shisha, I can still, you know, smoke hookah and still be successful, I can still um, get married, I can still keep a home, I can still raise kids. So it's just taking that negative connotation and inverting it and creating a positive. So it's almost like putting that negative taboo on a pedestal saying like hey even though you're saying if i do this i will be useless here i am now doing this and it's not affecting me in any negative way i'm sure an african parent would definitely frown upon that last statement but 
These are the same African parents that tell us growing up that they walked 10,000 miles to school barefoot. The water was under their chin. They had to swim with one arm. The other arm was carrying their book bags and they were at the top of their class and all these other stories when in reality, they were probably not the top of their class, one and two, their driver dropped them off, you know? So my point is, let's keep African culture alive while creating new traditions. So the name of this episode is called African in New York. Um, I'm sure you guys all know uh, the song by Sting called Englishman in New York. It's from the 80s. For those of you guys who don't know, go check it out. Super dope song. Um, the Afrobeats artist SARS did a remake of the song called African in New York, which is super, super dope. <clears throat> I really like this song. Um, I decided to name this episode African in New York because I feel like on a grand scale, it is a good metaphor um, that encompasses all Africans in the abroad, all Africans in this war. So for me, I was born in the States, raised in the States. Um, I was born up North. Um, and even though I was born here, I do feel like across the board as an African, Africans tend to go through the same struggles, um, same issues. I feel like if I talk about my upbringing and things that I've experienced, um, going to school here, working here, nine times out of 10, all you guys are going to be able to relate to a lot of those things that I go through. Um, one thing for me, um, was trying to find a middle ground where I was able to embrace my Africanness, be proud of my Africanness, as well as when in Rome, act like a Roman, in the sense that I adapt to the westernized culture. Um, why I say that is because it is very important to adapt to Western culture while in the Western world. That's one of the main ways to get ahead. Um, but then at the same time, you don't want to lose your upbringing, your culture, your traditions. Um, those things are engraved within you. Those are the things that help to mold your morals, your standards, your perspective on life. Um, but then is it possible to have a hundred percent African perspective and still get ahead? Um, it's it's kind of hard because within Western culture, they tend to force you, pressure you to conform in a um, in order for you to fit in or for in order for you to be um, accepted within that culture so it's one of those things where it start it starts young I don't know all those that were born here or like bred here like raised here you know you understand that struggle where you're in elementary school um, or you're in junior high school even high school you know you have to act a certain way, talk a certain way, 
distance yourself from your your African um, upbringing, African roots, because um, you know it's it was frowned upon. You know, I remember growing up and kids would find out that I was African. One, they would be surprised because they're like, I didn't know African people were light skinned or you speak really good English or you don't have an accent or and it, it would never click to them that you can still be African and you can still be born in the States or you can still be African and, you know, not have an accent or have proper um, um, pronunciation and, you know, grammar, you know, and so on. But, you know, as you're young, you're impressionable, um, you know, you are developing your perspective on life and sometimes you just want to make things easier so what do you end up doing back then when you're young you you tend to conform to societal pressure or what society wants of you what they expect of you so I'm sure you know growing up there were so many different things that I did pronouncing my name a different way so it's easier and you know um saying that I wasn't African being ashamed but then the older that I got it was one of those things where it's like yo this is me I'm African AF like you accept it or you or you leave it you know but as I got older I was exposed to a broader broader scale of people as well so I was able to be around, you know, Africans and other cultures, but as I was younger, that was definitely not something that I was able to do. So the more I started getting around my own people and, you know, being able to really identify, even if the person was African, but a different, from a different country, we would all just link up because it's like, you get it. And it was like a sigh of relief where it's like, damn, I can finally be me. I can finally be myself. Like, I don't have to pretend or I don't have to act a certain way to make somebody else comfortable because they're intimidated by my presence. I'm not being, I'm not intimidating. They're just intimidated by my presence. So it was super dope, you know, as I got older and the older that I get, I start to realize that, um, me adapting to westernized culture is not necessarily like me conforming and i feel like that's a big thing like i can never um separate myself from who i am me being african is my identity it's within my dna that will always be me and that's gonna pass on from generation to generation in jesus name (laughs) but um you know, it's one of those things where I realized that when in Rome, act as a Roman just to get ahead. And that has been my perspective and my mindset. Um, as I mentioned, you know, I smoke hookah, but I'm I'm successful. I'm on that fast track, fast track, excuse me, to be a success story. Like, I feel like I'm the ideal African daughter where it's like I'm super smart I got good grades um, graduated from college um, my degrees my certs are in abundance like it's it's there like I am that ideal African daughter where the African fathers are like yeah have you seen my daughter like that's me you know and I got there by staying true to me staying true to my culture Um, still incorporating my culture as much as possible because I feel like the more um, 
as Africans, the more we try to dwindle it, dwindle our culture down or suppress it, um, it, it will become lost. So I am successful, right? Um, but as I'm in my office, if I want to bring jollof, I'm bringing jollof. Jollof. If I want to eat suya in my office, I'm eating suya, and you're just gonna have to deal with it. I'm gonna go to the water cooler, and we're gonna have water cooler conversation, and you will smell that faint smell of DB, or you're gonna smell that faint smell of stew. And hey, it's okay. The same way you guys bring casserole and you bring, you know, hot dish, tater tot hot dish. I'm gonna bring my decadent, <laughs> delicious jollof, and I'm gonna eat it in the privacy of my office. I feel like that is the middle ground that I have found. Like, if I'm able to talk about my culture, um, if if the the setting permits, I'm gonna talk about it. I will never, ever, I can never be ashamed of that. I feel like, honestly. Um, at first, it was definitely, like, as I mentioned, it was a thing that a lot of people were ashamed about because <clears throat> we were laughed at and stuff growing up and, and all that other stuff. I was called African booty scratcher by, the, you know, the African-Americans. But then now, um, Black Panther came out. Now everybody want to go to Wakanda. Not everybody wants to embrace African culture. Now, all of a sudden, there's been a shift. It's like the cool thing now. Oh, you want... You want to try um, uh, igusi. You want to try cassava leaf. You want to try banku. Now they're doing these TikTok challenges, you know, because now Africa is trending, which is a bit annoying to me, honestly. Um, I had this conversation with a couple of friends where I'm like, why when it comes to everybody else's culture, it's respected, it's valued, it's a thing, it's exotic, it's this, it's that. But then when it comes to African culture, it always has to be some kind of trend. Like they're always constantly dissecting like we're some type of experiment and you know, we're, we're open for like we're at like as almost as if we're asking them, please criticize me. Please give us con- constructive criticism. We want to know what you think of our culture. Like, I don't like, you know, it's just one of those things. I don't care. Like, I feel like if you are one of those people that are open to learning about African cultures, go ahead. If you're open to learning about the continent of Africa, because Africa is definitely not a country, definitely not a country. I'm definitely sick of people saying the country of Africa, but anyways, um, or they say, oh, I want to go visit Africa. Where, my friend, what country do you want to visit inside of Africa? That's a continent with so many different countries. But anyways, I went off on the tangent, but, um, you know, it's one of those things where it's like now... Being African is cool. Being African is trendy. Um, you see celebrities now, they're wearing captains. Um, and they're like, oh, we got to go back to our roots. And we got to be in tune with this. We got to be in tune with that. But um, but then at the same time, when they get a chance to shade, they're shading. Or when they get a chance to say, you know, little sly comments, they say it. Or... You know, it's it's just it's just always something. My thing is this: leave like leave it alone, or leave it alone, or just be open. And I feel like be open to any culture because I feel like 
as Africans, ah, let me not lie. <laughs> we are not, I feel like West African people are like proud people where like they don't, they don't really even care. Like, no, but I feel like to a certain extent we are definitely open because obviously we're in the diaspora, we're everywhere. So to a certain extent we're open to, you know, to cultures and understand, but then at the same time, we're, we're proud people. We need to learn how to humble ourselves. <laughs> We're super proud people and um, but you know honestly we're just bred that way like thinking about it like growing up like my dad put it um, instilled with the within us to be highly competitive highly competitive he would always ask what are the others getting in class why is your grade here when this person grade is there like it was always about a competition of being the best of the best so even up until now i actually think i'm so happy that my dad was like that honestly um but i actually thank god that he did raise myself and my siblings to be that way because i don't care what room i go in like i think i'm the best person in there like i always feel like there's no competition i don't care who you are you can be bill gates like (laughs) let me stop but I do still feel within a lot of majority of my settings, if not all my settings, like I am the best person in that room and God himself just lowered me down into that room, you know, but anyways, um, so one thing I always think about is how do I guide myself? I, I always sit and think coming from two different cultures how do i guide myself or my path in moments of pressure like do i use my african upbringing do i use the westernized but i feel like this what i always view it like this i feel like when it comes to my african upbringing that's like my it's like I said, it's ingrained within me. That's my DNA. So I feel like it is, it molded my, my, well, it is my morals, but it molded my perspective on life. And like I said, I'm highly, um, competitive. I'm, I need to humble myself. I definitely need to humble myself. But, um, when it comes to the Westernized culture that I was brought up in, I feel like that's, the logic like logical part of me um versus the african it's like my standards my morals and and all those other things i encompass so when i'm guiding my path like i always try to incorporate both but it all depends on the situation if i'm at work of course i'm gonna approach it in the you know the western way um using logic um taking out the emotion. I feel like African people, you know, we, we carry a lot of emotion, <laughs> well, especially when we're interacting. So um, I try to separate that. But if it's in like a casual setting or social setting, I don't play with me. I will probably cuss you in my dialect and keep it moving. Or I might bring out the broken English and keep it moving. I don't care who you are. You can be white as Snow White. I will cuss you in my dialect. 
but as I mentioned, it all depends, you know, the situation. Let me give you guys an example, right? So I remember I was at work and there was this guy, he was African-American. He finds out I'm African. Nobody knows I'm African until I tell them that I'm African or if I'm on the phone and I'm, I'm being super dramatic and I say something, but in a work setting, if you know it will you know come out in conversation but so he's talking and he finds out I'm African and he's like oh wow so he decides that I'm his therapist for that particular work day I'm his therapist because he still had college trauma that he was trying to get over or maybe he just didn't want to get over and because I was African I had to I had to get it And he just had this issue with the fact that, you know, in college, you know, all the Africans, they would link up and they didn't want, you know, the other cultures in. They only wanted the Africans in and they thought they were better and they thought this and, you know, who are you to think that you're better than me and da 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 you know, and it, it became this like long conversation about why do Africans act the way that they act? One, I I'm, I'm definitely not the speaker of the house for the African community. I'm definitely not, you know, I don't represent all Africans. But one thing I will say is, why does it even matter? Like, why, did, why are you worried or consumed on why one or a group of people, why they act that particular way? Like, to me, it's just your insecurities coming off. Because why would you be mad that you think that somebody feels like they're better than you? That just sounds like an insecurity for one. And then for two, you know, I'm not going to lie. You know, I broke it down. I'm like, honestly, we're just bred in a way that, you know, we're, we're very uh, competitive. We do <laughs> lack humility because, you know, that's just us. We, we Like I said, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be humble, but. Um, we're very competitive people and especially when it comes to education we have to be the top of our class the top top of our class you know that's just that's just African people for you you know but you know he was just so bothered and you know and he was just taking it out on me and he was trying to figure out why and and I guess I wasn't giving him the answers that he wanted so I just you know, casually would say things in broken English, but I'm insulting him. And he's just like, huh, what? And I'm like, no, nothing, continue, 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 continue. As he's talking, I would just say another thing. And he's like, huh, what? No, nothing, continue talking. I'm listening. I'm listening. I I, I empathize with you. I feel my heart is breaking for you. stop but I'm sure you guys have those moments where it's like can you stop trying to force me to be the speaker for the whole African community please stop like cut it out but no shade to anybody or anything like that listen I love when people ask questions about culture and want to genuinely understand um you know different perspective where I come from and things like that so no shade to that gentleman I mean maybe this is the hold hands episodes where it will bring all black people not just Africans you know 
um, all black people together, Caribbeans and, you know, all of that. Because like I said, I feel like a lot of us go through similar situations and um, it's not just designated. I feel like black people, melanated people go through melanated issues. So maybe this is the hold hand kumbaya episode or something like that. Uh, first episode I guess that's the best way to start it and introduce it so I will say this in conclusion um, it's super super amazing um, to be who I am because I feel like what makes a man great is the legacy that is left behind and I'm in an amazing position where I come from the best of both worlds. So I am able to leave a mark, leave an imprint, um, as mentioned, create new traditions, like introduce certain things. So I'm super proud that I'm able to redefine what it means to be African. I feel like there are a lot of negative connotations and a lot lot of negative stereotypes. There's just a lot of negativity surrounded Africa as a whole. So being able to redefine that, um, it's amazing and definitely rewarding. So I'm going to leave on this note. Um, What? are you guys super proud of in regards to being African, being African-American, or being from the Caribbean, where whatever culture you come from, what are you most proud of like that will be imprinted when you leave? Now that's food for thought while you're smoking your hookah. Um, again, I hope you guys try my mix, the melon and mango. Um, I also want to thank you guys for listening to the very first episode of Hookah Tales. Super exciting. I'm super, super excited. Again, this is going to be a super fun journey. Again, thank you for tuning in. Follow my IG, my Instagram. It's hookah.tales. I appreciate you guys for walking this Hookah Tale journey with me. And with that being said, I am out. I have to go make a refill.